This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. A little desert domination as driver 18 gets his 11th win at Phoenix. Good job, guys. Thank you. Good work. And here comes the candy man. 52nd career cup victory for Kyle Busch. Get out the broom, boys. That was a cool week right here, man. Thanks. What's going to feel better, actually getting 200 or never having to answer that question again? Yes. You know, we just keep winning and um, the, the stats are piling up. Win is great, no matter how many it is. <laughs> so, welcome to NASCAR America, everybody. Jeff Burton here, NBC Charlotte, with my man Kyle and Steve. And we're going to get to talk about this weekend's race. But obviously, we got to start with Kyle Busch. I mean, what he's yeah. done this year, you know, he's been the best driver. He's getting really close to 200. Your dad with 200 yep. cup wins, big deal, <laughs> 199. It is a big deal. And, and, and I say this, I think the most overlooked record in this sport is Jimmy Johnson with five in a row championships. Doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I think people keep comparing this 200 to Richard Petty, and it's not getting the credit it deserves. I honestly believe that. Richard Petty won 200 cup, ra- 200 cup races in a totally different time. What we're seeing now really just came about in 2009 when NASCAR started combining that stat. stat. That was a 2009 stat because Kyle was getting close to 100. Think about this. He got to 100 in 2011. Yeah, in 2011, he right, got to 100. Right. So since then, he's almost put another 100 in the, in, in the books. He's won 52 races. He's 11th on the all-time list, Cup Series, getting ready to move into the top 10. Uh, he's one of only two active drivers out there right now who have over 50 wins on the racetrack. Go on and on. He's got a championship. He's a Hall of Fame driver. I'm sorry. This 200 that we have now, yes, it's not a Richard Petty 200. Nope. The seven championships that Earnhardt has, the seven championships that Richard Petty has, the seven championships that Jimmy Johnson have, they go on that top shelf right there, right there behind me. They go on the top shelf in NASCAR history. There's there's events like that. But I think that Kyle Busch's 200-plus wins, because it's going to be 200, goes on that same shelf. It's just a different time. It's not comparable. Well, it's not comparable, and it'll never happen again, unless yeah. the rules change. Yeah. Because now with the limited races you can run Xfinity and Truck, um, you know, there's not going to be 25, 28 wins a season like we've seen Kyle Busch do. So I, I don't. So listen, I love sports. Stop comparing. Stop comparing yeah. eras. Stop comparing numbers. You know, that's no golf, fun. Though. The golf ball goes 100 yards farther. The baseball flies farther. Cars are going faster. His dad ran more races yep. in a year than Kyle Busch. The simple fact is, is the numbers are impressive. I don't care if you talk about 199 or 52 wins or just the last eight races. Kyle Busch is separating himself. He is gapping himself to the competition yep. with just raw talent in the cars he's driving. Yeah, and I'm going to say, go ahead, go ahead. and, and I'm, I'm going to say this. There's people out there that are not giving him the credit 
that in 10 or 15 years will say, hey, I remember. I was there. I was there when he went right. to right. I was there. Same it's the same thing. That's exactly the same, same thing. You're not going to get the respect no. from your peers. Your dad didn't get nope. the respect nope. from his peers. Jimmy Johnson, nope. Jeff Gordon, everything. nobody gets the respect from the guys you're racing against because yep. you're not going to say, well, he's better than yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I can say now, right, after my career, right. I can say, yeah, Jimmy Johnson was better than yeah. me, but I couldn't say it, yeah. and I couldn't admit it to you? myself. No. No. Right? Nor should you. Sorry, so you're no. never going to get the respect while you're doing it. But Back. if you can't appreciate you have to, yeah. how many Xfinity wins yeah. that Kyle Busch has, and you say, well, he's not racing against as good a drivers, that's because he makes them look as not as good. That's exactly right. His skill and his <laughs> right. talent right. You know, makes them, and that's the difference. It's not that he's racing against guys that can't win races. Yeah. Is that He's so good that he makes them not look so good, and that's that's a huge credit to him. Well, yeah. well I think Phoenix is the example. So, so let's talk Kyle Busch, right? He wins at every style racetrack. He wins all different ways. Phoenix, I think he had the best car, and he patiently, meticulously, pulled, just took apart the last 81 laps of that race, right? Yeah. Like, he had the best car, yet he didn't burn the tires no. off. He saved enough fuel. He, it was a masterpiece. I know that's silly to say, but he literally, yeah. you know, you should win with the best car, but there was a lot of ways to lose that race. He, he didn't hit a lap car. Like, his his maturity behind the wheel, and it's really since he got married, yeah. since his child. Since he since got the, hurt. The, that's yeah. going to say, yeah. all in that same year. I bundled them all yeah. up right, that same year. The injury that year, his crew chief, whatever combination that yeah. was. Life has is, a way of doing that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It makes you look at it. Right. So, so, listen, for a guy like Kyle Busch, some maturity and some talent's uh, never been questioned. Some right? perspective yeah. of life yeah. is a is a healthy thing, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. his he is full bore, wide open all the time, and I think that perspective of life was a positive for Kyle Busch. You take somebody else that doesn't quite have that thoroughbred. I'm going to win every race mentality, yeah. and maybe that perspective is not good for yeah. that guy. But for yeah. a guy like Kyle, and and you mentioned it, Phoenix. I mean, let's go back and talk about how he won Phoenix. And not only did Kyle Busch and his team execute with the best car, but Jeremy Bullins and and Ryan Blaney, what those guys did, putting themselves in position to have a shot to win that race, that was impressive as well. Very impressive, very impressive. It started with strategy. And I think we just need to go back and relive how the 12, with hands down not the best car, ended up at the front protecting that lead against Kyle Busch. So it's, I wrote down real simple things, right? Yeah. Good plan, good information, and then stuck with the plan. And, yes. and what I mean by that is, first of all, 
Um, I think this bodes well for the 12 car in the future to see a driver and a crew chief work as well as they did together. They had a loose wheel. They had a lot to overcome. They want a stage with some strategy. But here they are, I think, admittedly, no, they don't have a car to keep up with the 18. And they take two tires, they get track position. That puts them in front of the 18. And now Jeff is a driver and KP. I want to know. I like when Jeremy Bull, he was clear. There was no maybe. We are two laps short. We're two laps short. I want you to run hard. We'll figure it out. If we get one more yellow, yeah. we're good, right? So I want you to run hard. If we don't get the yellow, I'll get back with you. Yeah, but I, I liked what Jeremy did because Jeremy said, I'm going to give you a green light till 20 to go. 20 to go, you got to get me two laps by the end of that race. That's, Ryan knew that. Is that a tough pill to swallow as a driver? Yes, especially when you're looking in the mirror and that guy's really not gaining on you a lot. He's not, he's not making time. So you know at some point in time, if you don't get that caution, you're going to have to suck it up and stick to the plan. I've got to give it to Blaney, too, at the same time. As soon as he was passed, he sucked it up and said, "This is why he might have mouthed about it." I'm not but he wanted to argue, and Jerry Bowles was like, "No, no, no." But at no, the no. same time, that's a tough pill for a young driver to swallow. Yeah. So, so the worst, you know, Jack Roush used to say, "The worst thing you can be in racing is in denial." Yeah. If you don't accept the situation you're in and adapt to it, you're going to find yourself in yeah. worse situations. So, what I liked about what Ryan Blaney did was, Kyle Busch is the fastest car all day long. Jeremy Bullens puts it out there on two tires. And Ryan doesn't say, oh, my God, I got two tires. Kyle Busch is going to. He goes, and they drop the green on the restart, and he goes and gets a lead. That's what I like about yeah. what, what he did on that day. It's like, okay, we're going to go put ourselves in position to win this race. We don't have the best car. My crew chief just gave me a shot to, to go win this race. And, and it might not work out, but it might work out. And what happened if the caution came out, if you had two more cautions? You never know what's going to happen. But I like when a driver believes his crew chief. I like the fact that he just got up on the wheel and tried to make it happen, and that's how you win races. And don't think for a minute that Ryan Blaney isn't sitting there thinking, we've only got ahead of him on a race yet at Penske, and his crew chief gave yeah. him a shot to win this weekend. Race within the system. Yeah. I get so frustrated. Stage racing has changed how these races should be called, yet some of these crew chiefs didn't get the memo. Win and you're in the playoffs. It should change yeah. how you race yeah. some of these early races, yeah. right? The 12 has not had a good start to the year, yeah. yet they're not racing scared. Yeah. They're racing to win, and I really think there's some other teams. I'm not talking the bag markers. KP, yeah. you don't win from 10th. No, you're not. You win from you're the top not. five, That's right? The top five. They That's put right. themselves in the top yeah. five. And, and, and But, it, you know, he's not had the best year finish-wise, but they've had a pretty decent year run-wise. Yeah, yeah the they've racetrack, run well. On the racetrack, they have run well, and that's got to give that group confidence and also. I, you're looking at the playoff leaderboard, and you know, obviously this is after Phoenix, and you see where Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski are second and fourth, both with a win, and there's Ryan Blaney in 12th. But Ryan Blaney, and they they got to look at this past weekend as a win. I know yes. they didn't win the race, but, you know, you, you ran third – to the best car. You didn't have the yeah, best yeah, right. car. You still put yourself in position. They are running well. Yeah. There are times there are times in this sport where you have to look and you look at where you finished, right? And you say, we finished third. We had a fifth place car. Oh yeah. Right? That's <laughs> not a good day. Yeah. There's days that you finish second with a you know with a fifth place car. There's days you finish fifth with a first place yeah. car. Those yeah, are the right. ones that hurt. Yeah. You have to recognize exactly what you got on that given day. And they ran well. They qualified well. Yep. They have speed in their cars. They got beat on long runs. That was their weakness all weekend long. They weren't as good on long runs, and they got a long run to end the race. Well, yeah. I've always said with the new thing with points being awarded in stages, you have to look at this. This is the screen, right? It's not where yeah. you finish. It's how many points you earned. Other yeah. than winning the race, look at Ryan Blaney. Because of those stages, 
he ends up with the second amount of points. Another guy you have to point out, Joey Logano. Right, he finished 10th, but look how many points he scored because of the stages. So it's not, you know, all these, hey, top fives, top yeah. tens. It should be how many points you score because yeah. that's what matters. That's exactly. matter. and I, don't think it, I don't think I even heard Joey's name mentioned but a couple of times during the race yesterday. <laughs> right. And here we look at the thing, mm -hmm. and he's fourth or fifth accumulative points. So that, that is, you're exactly right. The way you look at I look at yesterday for Jeremy and for Ryan, too, is this. And, and you know it as a crew chief, and you know it as a driver. If you can go through that fire and come out the other side closer and more focused on what you, you're going to do, you become better. I think after yesterday, they are better. They are better. They stuck with their plan. They had a plan, like you said. They stuck with it, and they executed. Yeah, they got a third place out of it. But when they look back on it in two or three races, they'll say, that's the best we could have done. What if we had to run out running second? Hey, hey, what if we had to run out? Those front three cars, Kyle Busch. Wins on the strategy yeah. his crew chief laid out. Martin Trex Jr. had a chance to win on a completely different strategy that his crew chief laid out. And third place was the best Ryan Blaney was going to do yeah. for the situation. Team cohesion. When yeah, it works together, right. it's yep. beautiful. Well, you mentioned Joey Logano didn't get mentioned very much during the race. Well, two guys that did, Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell. We heard their name yes. a lot on Friday. <laughs> lot. And I'm sorry, <laughs> when you get in a wreck, we're going to talk about you. That's what's going to happen when we come back. Saturday, the first ever E-NASCAR Heat Pro League draft was held at ISM Raceway. 14 NASCAR teams will be in the league. Each team will have two drivers. One competed on Xbox One, the other on PlayStation 4. The inaugural 16 race season will begin in May. Now, let's get back to the real world and go through the field. So I'm not sure if you know this, but Joseph Newgarden won the IndyCar race. He wins in St. Petersburg. Oh, that's great to hear. I, did, I didn't know that, so uh, congrats to him. Proud of this team. You know, we uh, needed that. It's, uh, it's where we've been running all year, just where it hasn't been where we're finishing. So that was, uh, that was nice. You know, whether the IndyCar team's winning or we're winning, it seems like that momentum transfers through the, the whole garage. We seem to have speed off the truck when we got here. All four cars did. Super fast car. Should have been you know, probably one, two, three, but uh, you know, we couldn't maintain that track position. Our car was just really strong in the long run, so every time we had a long run, we could just work our way forward. But we had a, a top three car today, just could never, couldn't show it, and, and he never had the long enough runs until the very end there to, to show it. I'm glad we, we got a top 10. Uh, we had to battle hard for this one. As Kevin Harvick said for a long time, you can't drive a slow car fast, and I had a faster car this weekend. I was able to make the most of it. What do you think you struggled with most today? Being behind cars. Yeah, the restarts were crazy, but I mean, that's to be expected. Yeah, the restarts were uh, crazy. Um, I think everyone knew that's the only time you had a shot to pass, so you gotta, you gotta go. Three or four restarts in a row there, just, just the, the aggression trying to get track position, because track position was everything today. Oh, we just needed track position. I, you know, we got shuffled on a couple of those restarts. Uh. Uh, we all fight for clean air so, so much that uh, it's easier to pass four cars in one corner than once you get all strung out uh, to try and chip away at getting one at a time. I had two cars on the outside of me. I was on the low lane of the track and cars were coming up off the apron and, and uh, just inevitable for a little bit of contact to happen there. One of those, you made contact with the 48. What happened there? We were racing. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. He raced me for a lap and a half, and he's four laps down. I don't know. Uh, just kind of got into each other. I don't think that had anything to do with it. No, just little things. You know, the car moves around a lot, and I got to get it to where it, I feel more confident to go into a hole instead of driving to the hole. I need to attack and go. Don't quite have what we need um, to go up there and challenge to win races. We, we need a little bit more speed. Uh, everybody that gives, uh, you know, obviously with Kyle winning, it's, uh, it's a good day, so. After round one of qualifying, Suarez went looking for McDowell to have a conversation. 
and Michael McDowell went after him. Uh, punches were thrown. Crew chief attempting to break it up. Miscommunication on the racetrack. We all kind of waited till the end, and then he just had a lot of traffic, so that held him up on his good lap, and then he tried to crash us, and I just didn't appreciate it. It's just a lack of respect. Everyone in here in the garage knows that second lap is a good one. And then he was disappointed because I was trying to wreck him afterwards, but that's all racing. Well, you gotta love the intensity, I, I right? Love that man. So uh, I think every, he was disappointed because I was trying to wreck him afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. Before we get into that, though, every driver, and that this is what I think Friday was about. Every, almost every driver talked about track position. Yes. You know, when you heard them say restarts are crazy, we we knew that was going to happen because track position matters yeah. so much. Four wide, five wide, sometimes at Phoenix. You know what Listen, I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. That's not a secret book. If anybody thinks that, oh, surprise, track position mattered at Phoenix. And to your <laughs> point, they knew it on Friday. Um, I think the reduction in the in the length of the round has made it more pressure-packed. I think the track position makes it more pressure-packed. I think, um, you know, the speeds are so close to one another. But just for the record, I don't know what the odds were that the fight of the year would start with Michael McDowell, <laughs> but I would have lost that bet. Michael yeah, McDowell, because listen, one. Suarez goes over that. there, yeah. right, and he's like, look, I'm going to go talk to him. I'm gonna, what I love is if you look right there, there's already argument between a crew chief and a crew chief of another car, and McDowell's like, oh, no, I mean, no, we're not even yeah, having this conversation. Going. Although, how about Suarez with the left Boom. to the ground? To the and ground. Then, well, Blake is That's a crew chief for you. Throw him on the hood. Here's what scared me about Drew. He's having fun right now. Oh, yeah, smiling. This is Drew. Like, he's a former wrestler. He crew for a little while. This guy, he's like, look, man, calm down. And then, you know, the NASCAR official is like, I got it. And Drew's like, I'm not letting him go. I'm not letting him go. I'm not letting him go. Until I know I'm safe, I'm not letting him go. How about the guys on the other side of the car? The one guy with the headset, man, he didn't even, he was like, he was like, what? Where are we going to dinner tonight? He wasn't even. This little crewman, he's smiling. He's like, you know, he's like, this is pretty fun. And you know he's glad he's not in it, but it's fun to watch. Oh, I love it. There we go. But this is what I like about it. Honest to goodness, this is what I like about it. They have changed the format where there's less time. And these guys are trying to figure that out. And you knew going in there, and you guys talk about it when, when NBC does the races. You talk about it during qualifying on Friday. Getting that pit selection, getting that starting position, getting that good start to the race dictates how your race goes. Now, we watched these two guys. These two guys didn't have great races. Didn't have great races. But that started on Friday, and it transferred all the way to Sunday. But why does this matter? Because other teams are getting better. Yes. Right. We talk about Jimmy Johnson. We're going to talk about him later in the show, where he ended up. We talk about Kyle Busch running for the lead with Ryan Blaney. Well, we talk, hey, winners, right? Who's a winner coming out of Phoenix? Look, 12th and 13th doesn't ring the bell as great finishes. But let me tell you, Roush Fenway has yes. been, I know you drove there for a long time. They have been the bottom of the well-funded teams. But this year, each week a little better, each week. Now, this is a completely different racetrack again. And once again, I'm not going to say they had a chance, but they were in the show, in the race, passing yeah. cars. And I think my point is, that's why I see other guys fighting, because yeah. it's a pressure cooker all the way through the field. So what I like, what I see about Roush Fenway is they, they've, one of their cars has been up front in every race. So different kind of racetracks. You know, when they brought Ryan Newman in, to me, that Ryan Newman was a really good pick for them. And I, I'll tell you why. When you're digging out of a hole, you need a hard-headed, hard-nosed guy Ring that, is, right? that, is, that is going to, <laughs> yeah. like, you, yeah. like, you get me in fifth somehow, some yeah, way, yeah. and I'm going to make it yeah. really, really difficult for somebody to take that away from me. And I think that that mentality we've seen already 
that the mentality at Roush Fenway this year is different. We've we've seen it. Like, they are aggressive. They're going after Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He doesn't mind rubbing fenders. He doesn't mind side-drafting you. They're racing for track position. Every spot matters, and they need that intensity. They need guys that are – that. They need drivers that you know when you're working on that car and you're trying to dig out of a hole. My driver, he may not be the fastest guy, but he is going to be the toughest guy on the racetrack. And yeah. that's that mentality needs to get spread throughout culture. the whole company. Yeah, it's a culture. It is. But, but I, I'm, I, I'll say this. I was, I was concerned about Newman going over there because he's at a different place in his career. How much is he going to input? How much is he going to share? How much is he going to complain or whatever? Um, but they've started this year, and you're right. You said it earlier. You got to run the top five to win races. We know that. They're not a top five car yet. But I'm going to tell you, they're a long way from the 24th, 25th, 19th that they were last year. And I'm going to say this about Ricky Stenhouse. I love this guy. Okay? Everything that people criticized him for, everything that they had to say about him last year, it's like, oh, my God, that's not in my head. I'm just going out there and charging. I'm going out there and being aggressive and making something happen for me and my team. And you got to appreciate that in a driver. A driver who can get out, be criticized by the other drivers, by the fans, by other people. Right. It's just off his back, and he jumps back in a race car. That's a big plus if for Ricky If you Stanhouse. race like you belong 20th, yes. everyone knows that, and they're going right. to treat you that way. They're take if you race in 20th like you belong yeah. in 10th, people are going to be like, ah, I better give him an inch because yeah. he's going to take some, yeah. right? That That is a culture. It's new mentality around yeah. Fenway. They're running better. Their yes. cars are better. Their drivers are up on the wheel. It's not just the so drivers. They, big battle. They've yeah. made their yeah. cars better. That's and and, and yeah. that is, that's where it all starts. Yeah. But listen, I can't let this fight thing go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go back. I want to go back to that last shot because there's somebody we need to talk <laughs> about in this battle. So here, here you see. Comes across. McDowell, this you know, he kind of goes at it, right? Yep. Get Boom. him on the ground. I like that McDowell right? never took his helmet off, too, though. I Lickus like that. Durfer I like that. came from Roush, and Jack Roush told the crew guys, never let my driver get hurt, right? So there's Drew Blickenserver, that mentality. But as it comes in here at the end, we, we can't let this go. Okay. Because I, this is to me. See Jess walking in here? She's actually does public relations for Matt DiBenedetto. Oh, not my driver. Right. Not, but, so, <laughs> not so, my driver. So here she is. And on, on social media, she's like, I'm kind of embarrassed. I had a cameo on TV today. She heard on the radio that Matt, it was Matt. So she's, oh, no oh yeah, so oh, she's no over. Wait, but at the start of the fight, if you look about it, it's Wheels who's arguing with the crew yes, chief. That's right. That's so right. They're, they're, apparently, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of unhappy there was, there was a lot of things so going I, on between those cars. I text Jess. I'm like, what were you doing over the wall? And she, and she says, well, I had to go help my driver. So, that's it. You know, hey, man, PR people too, right? Yes. They, they're in the fight too. It's a like, team. You gotta love just team, to be clear, I've seen Matty D. You, if he gets in a fight, you don't need to help him. I think he's, I don't think so. I think he's going to win. I don't think so. Well, so up next, in every race, there are moments, right? That's right. Yep. The race, we, they drop the checkered flag, and that's when everybody thinks the race is won. But in every race, is a turning point in which the race is really won, and it may not be yeah. anywhere near the finish. So when we come back, we're going to check that out and what helped Kyle Busch get his 199th career win. Maybe when you get Win 200, maybe a Formula 1 will call you. <laughs> when I win 200 NASCAR races, maybe I'll get a call, yeah. You probably are going to go overseas, so knock on some doors for me, will you? I promise, yeah. Okay, all right. All right. Thank you. My phone number is 800-555-5555. It'll ring right to me.
second career cup victory for Kyle Busch. an awesome day. Um, I thought we had a really fast race car, but we knew that Blaney was going to be fast. He's been fast here all weekend long, and they certainly had the short run speed, and we were just able to have a little bit better long run speed there at the end. And you know, traffic certainly played a role of uh, where to go and what to do. And when I got close to Blaney, I kind of got stuck behind him a couple times, so I had to move around and try to find another groove that was going to help me be able to get closer to him to be able to pounce and make a move. And finally, it all worked. So um, you know, good race, and um, glad that we were able to bring home a trophy. At the end there, they were telling you to flip the switch. A lot of teams were trying to save fuel. Were you nervous at all? Uh, they said that we were going to be good, good to go when we when we went back green, when we came off pit road there. So I didn't think there was going to be a concern. I just think that everybody else that was kind of close or closer, maybe they had worse fuel mileage than us. So it kind of put a little bit of a worry into our guys. But, um, you know, we, we made it and uh, made a burnout and everything else, and everything was good. Now looking on to Auto Club Speedway, restarts here were pretty crazy, pretty wide. Do you expect to see the same and even maybe six, seven wide going forward? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, California is going to be crazy. I think, though, you know, it's going to be interesting with what happens on the restarts and where guys go and what they do and um, how boxed in you're going to get in traffic and how the air is going to be when you try to go through those corners at 160 miles an hour or whatever it's going to be. So it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Thoughts on being able to go back-to-back -back there? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, I should have won last week uh, in Las Vegas, and so we've been close, and finally we were able to, to break through here this year. We've been really fast and have had decent runs, and just putting it all together here finally today without any mistakes was what it took to get to victory lane, so that's what it's going to take next week too. Well, congratulations on the win. Kyle Busch with a little bit of redemption and being able to break out that broom here in victory lane. Well, thanks to Heather DeBoe for that great interview. Got yeah. some great information from Kyle. We're already talking about restarts for next yeah, week. Yes, oh boy. Can you yeah. imagine California <laughs> restarts? No, no. no. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'll tell you one. This is what happened at Fontana one time. We had a restart, and the spotter said, and I quote, if that's you behind the 18 up top, you're not clear. If that's not you, I lost you. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like. At least he package. told the truth. Yeah, yeah, they right. really just call you to right. clear and it's not yes. the right car. Yeah, right. Yeah. So talking about restart, so we're going to want to dig back into this race yeah. and, and go back and look at what we all believe is a turning point. And this is it. This is the third to last restart. You see Ryan Blaney. And, and Kyle Busch lined up. In front of them is Kevin Harvick. All two tires. On this restart, Kevin Harvick gets put in the middle. Great move by Blaney. Now Kevin Harvick's in no man's land, Steve, and just going backwards. Well, why do we talk about restarts? Yes. Because right here, it's just two spots, Kyle. Two spots. Yeah, two How spots. bad could two spots be? But then look what happens. They come on to what's now the backstretch. I got it right. An accident comes out right here. The 47 of Priest inside wall. Caution comes out. That's an entire row. Two spots on a restart makes a huge difference because that sets him up for the next restart. Yes. Now he's behind Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch. Yes, he's behind them. And as we watch this restart, watch where that row goes. Watch where Blaney and where, um, where Kyle Busch goes. And then watch the four car of Kevin Harvick because he's not so much in no man's land. They just split him on both sides, which just... Totally takes him out. Yeah, he split on both sides, and he said his car just didn't go on, on two tires. And look at Blaney on the outside. He makes this move. He's able to get there. Harvick on the bottom underneath Johnson gets into the side of Johnson. Now that slows his momentum. Watch both sides of him, inside, oh, outside. Yes. They've split him. Now your momentum is dead. You're in the middle driving into turn three at Phoenix. That's trouble. So in those two restarts, two restarts. All right, here's Kevin Harvick on the same strategy yeah. That the 12 car was on. Kevin Harvick, because of his two tires, his car not driving well, didn't like the way it drove, got put in a bad spot. Boom, right there, chance to win the race is gone. Every driver said track position. 
two restarts, eight positions. Game yeah. over. Yeah. Game over. You're not going to make that back. Okay, but and we watch this, and you go track position, lost in the first one. Track position, lost in the second one. When we had the next caution, what happened? Well, so then at this point, they're so far back, he says, you know what, we're going to have to pit. Because, exactly. Because now we're on the so wrong strategy. Right, so if you look at the final restart, right, and you see, look where, okay, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, they battle for the win. Where is Kevin Harvick? Man, you better have some good eyes because he is way back there. They did that because they know they're beat on this strategy. Try to come get tires, but here's the problem. What's Phoenix look like from row 8, 9, 10? You think these restarts look crazy here? We jump on board with a four car. Look at this. Where are you going to go, Jeff? Going to go to the apron? Going to go up the track? There's cars everywhere. You're stuck. You ain't going anywhere with those tires. Yeah, it's the only, it's, we talked about it earlier. You can't be in denial. You have to accept the situation you're in. That's the situation in the end. Coming in and putting on tires is the right thing for them to do. But you can see here's Blaney and, and Bush. They're battling for third spot. Eventually, you know, Blaney gets the lead. That's, that's why restarts matter. And that's why when you're watching a race, I think it's so important at home when you're watching a race Really be looking deep in the field. Be looking at the guys that you think have a shot to win this race, even if they're not yeah. starting on the front row. How do they get through traffic? Who bogs them down? What what happens? Do they spend their do they spend their tires on a restart? All those things matter to who can win the race. That race was not won or lost on the last lap. It yeah. was won throughout and lost the whole day. Think about Chase Elliott. Yeah. Right. Oh. No. He got penalized Ooh. on the first lap. Yeah. There's over 300 laps. There's a long time to make it up, but without a really fast car, how do you get all the yeah. way back to the front? Well, it's, it's simple, right? The turning point in every race can be a pit stop. It can be what the leader does. Yeah. Kyle Busch was the best car all day. I believe Ryan Blaney gave themselves a chance to win. We talked about that. And I think, look, Kevin Harvick, did he have the best car? No. But what's his nickname? The Closer. Yeah. You go ahead. Give Kevin Harvick some clean air. Yes. So flip it. Right. And then it's Say different. he goes and it's forward two positions, yes. not back. You tell me on that last restart if Kevin Harvick breaks into clean air. I'm not taking anything away from Ryan Blaney, but Kevin Harvick, you give him a chance to win the race. He at will, Phoenix. He, at, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying he's pretty good there? Yeah, pretty good. Right? Pretty good. So, so that, in my mind, you're absolutely right. That's the turning point to me because that's when then Kyle Busch knew the one car he had to be. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think fans will look at the sport and they say, well, what about what goes on on the racetrack? That is the racetrack. Pit Road is the racetrack. Yes. Your strategy is the racetrack. When you get there, what your plan is and how you execute it is. And we heard Eric Almarola earlier when we did the sound bites with all the drivers. And with, with all the drivers in that group, he was like, yeah, if you can get four or five positions on a restart, it's a lot easier than letting them get lined up and then having to find your way back. It's been that way, and it's been that way at Phoenix, even with the old cars. If we go back to 1988, that's the way it was in Phoenix, right. a tough place to pass. Strategy is such a huge yes. part of our sport, and it, it's, it, is, it, is, it matters. There's it matters. So you, you, you hear the drivers talk about being hard to pass. The reason it's hard to pass, it's not all aerodynamics. A lot of it's just competition. Yeah. If you take a guy that's – you're a tenth of a lap quicker than that guy. One-tenth of a yeah. second quicker than him. He's going to be really, really hard to I'm pass. I'm in your groove. I'm yes. going to move over. And, and it's just – it's competition I, is just exceptionally hard. I tell people this when they talk about strategy. Daytona one year, my dad and those guys are running. They're running with Pierce and them. Comes down pit road, Dell him and jumps up on the wall and holds up four fingers. This is before you had radios. Yeah, right. Four fingers. The other guy comes down pit road and changes four. They gas and go. And they, <laughs> and they win the race That's by it, half a right. lap. Half a lap. Strategy. That is straight up strategy. Strategy has always been. Listen, a every race has cars that can pass and overcome. That's cars right. that can't hold their yes. position. That's right. And everyone else. And if you're one of those everyone else, you better execute. Clint yeah. Boyer, Kevin Harvick's teammate, he was kind of one of everyone yeah. else. Not a bad car, not a great car. Where he kind of got placed, he was going to run. We saw he was 
It's the same tail of the tape as Kevin Harvick, right? He kept falling back on those restarts. So talking about Clint Boyer, I think, I think for me, Clint Boyer's strategy post-race strategy to try to keep from getting sick was pretty special. <laughs> like, like if we can go back and watch his video uh, on the airplane, getting ready to take off, coming home from Phoenix, it's, it's pretty Clint Boyer. Well, this is our post-race video. <laughs> There's a carrier on board of this aerocraft of the flu virus. Flu virus. Trying to be safe. My buddy had a little Crown Royal in here. <laughs> Possibly have some in mind. <laughs> Rough day at the office. Didn't quite get the result. Butthole up there, dude. Emerald's up there somewhere. He got a finish. But other than that, what happened? We sucked. <laughs> That's it. Over and out. So, so we're fortunate to know Clint Boyer, yes. and I know fans at home are probably wondering, is he always like that? And the answer is yes, yes absolutely. he is yes. Always, always like that. He's that a is... must follow. All social media, he's <laughs> yeah. a must oh, follow. A must, a must. Don't go out with him. No, don't ever go out <laughs> with him. It's a long yeah. day the next day. <laughs> next day. Yeah. A long two days sometimes. <laughs> so, well, up next, uh, we're going to talk about Team Penske. They did not win in Phoenix. Uh, but they kicked off the IndyCar season in style. And Nate Ryan's going to join us to talk about it next. Well, Steve, this week on Wednesday Night Hockey, it's a star-studded doubleheader. First at 7 Eastern on NBCSN, Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks head north of the border to take on Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs. Then at 9.30, the Devils face off against Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Looking forward to it. Daytona is known as the Beast. Austin Fortner winning the 250 East main event. Tomac sends it over the jump. Tomac, he will win Daytona for the third time. Gosh, number three, this is this is pretty cool at Daytona. It's time to go racing. It's time to bring the action. He's the man who almost won this race a year ago. Robbie is here. Will Power has the power. He dictates how the field will start. And he's gone! Ready? Only problem though oh, is he might not have him. Oh! oh. Joseph Newcastle! Oh, he wins in St. Petersburg! A lot of pressure, man. We gotta do well at Team Penske. Everyone else is rising up. This Penske juggernaut continues in 2019. Great IndyCar race this weekend in St. Pete. What'd you see, Nate? Uh, I saw a little bit of what we'd seen in NASCAR the previous two weeks. Yeah, Brad Keselowski win Atlanta. Joey Logano wins Las Vegas. So the pressure was on Team Penske's IndyCar team coming to St. Petersburg, and they lived up to it. Uh, they, they swept qualifying with Will Power on the pole and Joseph Newgarden here qualifying second. And then during the race, good strategy called by Tim Sindrick put Joseph Newgarden out front, and he opens the IndyCar season with a win for Team Penske. Well, a year ago, Robert Wickens was the driver turning heads at St. Pete. He was kind of the new guy on the scene. But there's another new guy on IndyCar that's really turning some heads down at St. Pete as well. Turned a lot of heads, Steve. Felix Rosenquist for Chip Ganassi Racing. This was his IndyCar debut. And people had heard of this guy. He'd done some things in Formula E and some other lower uh, ladder series. But for him to step into the number 10 car at Chip Ganassi Racing, which has a lot of history, Dario Franchitti won three championships in this car, but they hadn't really had a lot of success since Frank Heaty retired six years ago. Rosenquist steps into this car, 
takes it to Joseph Newgarden on the start, passes him for second, and then Will Power is considered probably the elite street course racer yeah. in IndyCar, maybe the greatest street or road course racer of all time. Uh, Rosenquist passed him with a power move off a restart and really showed, hey, this this is a guy who could be around for a while. So all the old guys, they think it's cool for a few races when the young guy comes around. <laughs> <as well. laughs> but it won't be long. They'll be like, enough of you. Yeah. So so you mentioned Robert Wickens. He yep. was at the racetrack yes. this weekend. Crazy story to see him at the racetrack. How was that? It was great. I mean, he got the warmest welcome you can possibly imagine. Uh, he was somewhat, I think, taken aback by it because fans were, were cheering and chanting his name as soon as he entered the paddock and everywhere he went. Obviously, there were so many well-wishers, whether it was you know his teammate here, James Hinchcliffe, uh, talking to him in the paddock and pit lane. And, uh, you know, just a wonderful story. And as we heard in the interview he did with Kelly Stavis that ran in the pre-race show, I mean, he hopes to be back. And he really thinks racing is his life and he wants to drive a car again. Well, that interview was telling. Um, if anybody hasn't seen it, they need to go find it. It was, it was quite the thing. But So I've never met Robert Wickens. I was a fan because I'm a racing fan. I've seen what he's done in the race car. But ever since that accident, I started following what his, his recovery has been on social media. And it's breathtaking. It's really humbling to see what he's willing to do to get back into a race car. Um, I can only say that now because that's what he told Kelly. Like That's his goal. That's right. what he wants to do. There wasn't even a simple video about boarding the plane to oh, get down there. There wasn't an easy access. So it's him Working as well. If that right there isn't drive, decide, de, you know, determination and desire, nothing else. So he is. Um, I feel like I know him, and I've never met him. But his social media and what he's doing, it's it's really breathtaking. And the thing about this that he sent out, you know, he said he didn't expect this when he got there. Right. right. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. Yep. What's yeah. next? I'm gonna right. find a way yep. to get up these stairs. And I mean, you know, you think about a guy like that. Here he was, this incredible racer that was making a, a huge name for himself, gained a tremendous amount of respect. And then in a blink of an eye, his life's changed. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to beat it. And, he, 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 and, and you know, when you watch him, I, this is the thing that strikes me about it. When you watch him, you, know, you don't go home with him to realize the pain, the struggle. We see little blips of, his, yeah. of the success that he's having, but the, the, the struggle that he's having, and he, over, he keeps overcoming that, man, right. that's so impressive. I mean, that, that was what was interesting, Jeff. He talked about that with Kelly in an interview about, like, sometimes I almost feel as if I'm too positive on social media because people think, oh, it's, it's not a long, arduous, difficult comeback. I mean, this is, he said physically it's tough, but mentally and emotionally, this is the toughest thing. It's 100 times harder than the physical part. It's the hardest thing he's ever done. But, you know, to your point, Steve, He's been so open and candid with people about it on social media. I think that's what has made it such a, a heartwarming story. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's great to watch, and it's painful to watch right. all at the yes, same right. time. Well, but he, he, I hope he understands the inspiration that he's become to so many. Yep. And and hopefully in a bad situation, some, some good can come from it. So thanks for joining us, man. Good thanks for having me. Fun, fun IndyCar. You have a good time? I, I think NASCAR should do a street race. What do you think? Well, I can tell you one thing. Uh, <laughs> selfishly, IndyCar's bag, NASCAR's bag, a lot of racing. <laughs> the roller wasn't enough. Now a street race? Street race. Oh, boy. Next level. So you can, you can send letters and comments <laughs> Nate, at Nate Ryan yeah, if you want to make comments about that. So, uh, we're going to get back to Phoenix, though. When we come back, we want to talk about something that the drivers probably need to pay a little more attention to, and that is the rules. Looking for the green flag, and it is in the air, and we are underway. Post the nine, pass through penalty, start violation. Had to do a pass through for a start violation here. 
So let's go back and explain the rule. First of all, on the initial start of the race, the leader has to be the guy that gets to the start-finish line first. Now, if he has some kind of major problem. How many times have you heard that? A lot. A lot. Yeah, that's that's said in pretty much every driver's meeting. Everyone I've been to. Yes. Now, if if the leader has some kind of major problem, that's different. But I understand what, what... Chase is saying, I mean, he got a good restart. He barely beats him to line. But if you're going to have a rule, you have so, to enforce so, it. So follow up. So initial start, initial the leader start has to get to the line first. Every other restart, initial start doesn't yes. matter. Once you, get to a, start. once you get to a restart, you both accelerate. Whoever gets there, they don't care. Somewhere that's lost in translation. I know. I know. Matter. Initial start versus restart. Restarts are one thing. Initial start is something and totally And from different. a driver's perspective, it's a, it's a you know, in, in his defense, it's a little difficult. You know, we how many times have we yeah. talked about restarts today? Right? Yes. So you know track position matters. So here you are at the start of the race. You're on the outside pole. You get a good start. Like, it's really difficult yeah. to say, okay, I got to check up. And that's a place where your spotter can help you. Yeah. Right? Your crew chief can help that's you. Right. A little reminder before the start. Time out. Time out. We're all Time in this together. Out. A little Time reminder. Out. You can't beat the leader Listen, to the line. It's professional auto racing. I'm sorry. I, I don't agree. Like, you got to know the rules. Like you I got to know the rules. It's over 300 laps to go in the race. You are spotting the entire field. I know the 12 spun the tires. I, I listen. I get all that, but it's not intramurals. It's not your Saturday night short yeah. track. They're professional race car drivers. I did like how Alan, like Alan, wanted to be like, you should have known the rule. That doesn't yeah. get you anywhere, yeah, right? So he's like, hey, you got a good start. Let's get yeah. the penalty. I think he handled it well. Um, and listen, I'm not picking on Chase. I think he's a great kid. I think he's yeah. a great race car driver. I think he's going to win a ton of races. But the simple fact is, it, you cannot. there's a mistake you, that cannot yeah. be made if you start on the front row for the race. Uh, yeah. And Kurt Bush, I mean, there's a list. It's just not Chase. Yeah, We've right, seen this right. before. But you, it can't happen. And, it, and it's a rule for a reason. We saw him a foot when he crossed the start-finish line and then clear him coming off two and take the lead. That was an advantage. And NASCAR says that's an advantage on the start of the race. Yeah. I think when Chase goes back and looks at this, yeah. it'll 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 double hurt his feelings because he yeah. had plenty of room to back well, up. And here's the thing: like, he, he Kyle Busch wasn't yeah. right underneath. He didn't him. love it. He no, knew right, it, right? right. He's like, "Well, he spun his tires." Yeah. Like you could hear him going, "Yeah, I'm just gonna pit." Yeah, you know, like that's human nature. The excuse where you say they he's, they spun their tires is like saying to your mom, "They did it." Yeah, well, they did. They did it. Yeah, Why yeah. can't I do it? They did it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That never worked they did for it. me. Never worked. Okay. That, that certainly didn't start the day off right no. for Chase Elliott, and that that hurt them. But I want to talk about Jimmy Johnson. Because on Monday's show, we we talked about him last week. Jimmy Johnson's not running any good. Well, Jimmy Johnson ran well this weekend. I was impressed with how they ran. He ran okay. But anybody who's jumping up and down for an eighth-place finish <laughs> from a guy that's won, uh, I don't know what, 80-something races or 70-something races and seven championships, like – He's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Eighth place shouldn't move the needle. Yeah. Okay. There's a commercial out right now where OK is just not good enough. You know <laughs> 83 what I mean? wins. And, yeah. 83 but wins. But OK is just not good enough. And OK for Jimmy Johnson is just not good enough for the majority of people that watch Jimmy Johnson. They want him to be Jimmy Johnson the winner. Jimmy Johnson the champion. Jimmy Johnson the guy that runs up front. So we, when he runs eighth and we celebrate it, it's just OK. I, I agree. Hold on one second, though. 
When you're here and you're, you're expected to be here, yes, you're, you're not going to go from here to here. I agree. I agree. That's, that's right? a fact. You know, that's so, a fact. so for Jimmy Johnson and yeah. his team, where they are right now, to be able to run in the front group, to be able to race with the guys that are going to win the race, yep. that is yep. a positive. Yep. So to me, that makes this day a okay. very, very positive day. He's won me over. Because I will say, the winning part for Jimmy Johnson was what he said in the interview, right? My car was fast all weekend. Yeah, I we think that's what fast. he's looking forward I, I'll to. I'll give you that. So, but but listen, it's not. That. We're not going to move the stock market with an eighth place no. finish. No, it's okay. But, but it's okay. It's hey, okay. I, it's really, it's just okay. It's this okay. show is being recorded, right? <laughs> yes. Because yeah. I heard him say that I want him over. Yeah, I you did want, win I want him over. Yes, revert back, go back to this at some point. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs a win at some point. <laughs> so, up next, oh. we got some shout outs to pass around. Looking forward to doing it when we come back. Hey, I'm TJ Ford, the Jackman on the Skittles Toyota Camry. Today was an awesome day. You know, we won ended up here in Victory Lane. It was a pretty smooth day, just kept it in the top 10. Had really fast pit stops. Here comes Kyle Busch around pit road with a full head of steam, and he's going to win the race off pit road. Fast. We just want to send out a uh, shout out to the Gibbs family with JD Gibbs. And this was our first race, you know, in Victory Lane since, uh, since we lost him. And uh, we just want to give a big shout out to him, and thanks for the encouragement. Well, that is an awesome shout-out to J.D. Yes. Gibbs and the Gibbs good. family. But the shout-out I want to give is to Kurt Busch. Yeah. Kurt Busch yes. has turned into Mr. Consistency. I, 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 it's hard for me to believe I'm saying that, but Kurt Busch has turned into the veteran driver that's calm, cool, going to get you top fives, top tens, Kurt Busch is doing a really, yeah. really good job at Chicken Nasty Racing. Well, and helping that I'm not surprised. Well, about. that and helping the company. I've yeah. heard now Kyle Larson mentioned in a couple of interviews that what Kurt is doing yeah. outside of the race car is helping him try to understand how they describe it, and and it's helping his cars on yeah. Sunday. And you used the word stable this morning during a phone call, and I've never heard Kurt Busch in stable <laughs> in the same sense. Yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out to Motor Mouse on Wednesday. Carl from Akron. I'm not gonna be on this Wednesday, but we are gonna <laughs> announce the nominees for the Hall of Fame this year. So tune in, Carl. Well, I'm going to Daytona, right? It's Speed Weeks. Well, this week, though, it was Supercross. Eli Tomac, the winner of the 450. Listen, if you're going to put the Intimidator on your helmet, this is his helmet, you better come through. He did. He won the main event, did the asphalt burnout. That right there is a cool tribute. Yeah. It's great when you see mega stars, right? That's Dale cool. Sr. is a mega cool. star. Yeah. Go to other racing stuff. It was good. You're right. That's When you put oh, his boy. picture yeah, on your helmet, oh, boy, you got to step up. Yep, yep. You either got to win or you got to kind of stuff somebody <laughs> on the way by a little bit of both. And the burnout was awesome. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, that was cool. He did the that asphalt cool. burnout. The asphalt burnout was cool. It's a motocross, yeah. man. You don't yeah. do that, but that was awesome. Well, that's going to do it from here in Charlotte. Hope you guys have a great night. Thanks for joining us. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.